Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the ultimate 2023 Rugby World Cup Final New Zealand versus South Africa preview. It's the dream final, 28 years in the making. In this video, we'll look at the history of rugby's greatest rivalry, the two lineups, key players and matchups. And I'll make a prediction at the end. Let's get started. In rugby, nothing beats the Springboks versus the All Blacks. This rivalry goes back more than 100 years. In 1937, South Africa became the first team ever to tour New Zealand and win a Test Series. The Kiwis reciprocated in 1996. New Zealand handed South Africa their heaviest ever defeat in 2017, and then the Springboks dished out the All Blacks' heaviest ever defeat earlier this year. They've met five times previously at the Rugby World Cup, with the Kiwis leading the head-to-head 3-2. But they've only ever met in the final on one previous occasion. That was back in 1995, when the South Africans triumphed 15-12 in extra time. You may be aware of that famous Joel Stransky drop goal. Over the years, the New Zealanders have been synonymous with running rugby, whereas South Africa have been known for their physicality and their defence. Put another way, New Zealand might be to rugby what Brazil is to football, whereas the South Africans are to rugby what Germany and Italy are to football. From a personal point of view, I can remember fondly as a boy waking up at four in the morning, prepare a hot chocolate or a Milo, and wrap myself in a blanket, getting in front of that TV before a Springboks All Blacks test match. Of course, it's a lot more fun at that time of the morning when your team wins rather than loses. During the isolation years, the Bledisloe Cup between Australia and New Zealand became increasingly more important. There are even some who feel that maybe the All Blacks-Wallabies rivalry is bigger than the Springboks All Blacks. However, I can tell you this for a fact. Sean Fitzpatrick once said that the New Zealanders do not feel that they are real All Blacks until they have faced the Springboks. And you may know that New Zealand has two huckers that they perform at various times. The newest one was introduced in 2005, and who did they perform at first against? The Springboks, of course. Talk about respect. Now, both teams actually lost a pool stage match on the way to the final. The Springboks were beaten by Ireland in an epic clash, whereas the New Zealanders were defeated by the host nation France on the opening night. That was the first time in their history that they had lost a pool match. Interestingly, the All Blacks would overcome the Irish in the quarterfinals, and the South Africans would edge the French in their quarterfinal. Both of those fixtures were for the ages, it has to be said, and could go down as two of the greatest rugby matches, never mind World Cup matches, that we have seen. But what of the semi-finals? The All Blacks crushed Argentina in one of the most one-sided Rugby World Cup semi-finals we have ever seen. Honestly, it was a snorefest. One of the worst and most boring matches I have ever seen. And I would go so far as to say that unless you're a Kiwi, there was not much joy in taking in that fixture. The second semi-final, on the other hand, was as tight as it can get. The Springboks edging England 16-15, after trailing for the majority of the first 76 minutes. Some say the South Africans had not fully recovered mentally and physically from their grueling quarter-final against France. Now that may be true, but it's also a fact that England brought their A-game on the night. They had the perfect game plan for the conditions, and they very nearly pulled it off. Thankfully, from our point of view, they didn't. 
But that is all history now, and some people are already talking about who had the easier semi-final, and mentioning that New Zealand had an extra day's rest, and that that is something that could count in their favour come the final. Well, let's have a look at the history of Rugby World Cup semi-finalists going through to the final, and whether or not having a so-called easier match and all playing the day before and thereby having an extra day's rest actually makes any difference. In 1987, France beat Australia 30-24. New Zealand defeated Wales 49-6. No doubt France had the tougher match, but they also had an extra day's rest. Yet the All Blacks won the final. England edged Scotland 9-6 in 1991. Australia overcame New Zealand 16-6 the day thereafter. Both semi-finals, I think it's fair to say, would have taken a bit out of the teams. The team that had the extra day's rest, England, lost the final to the Wallabies. South Africa outmuscled France in atrocious conditions in 1995. The next day, the All Blacks annihilated England in perfect conditions. A week later, the team with the tougher semi-final won. South Africa also had had the extra day's rest. In 1999, the Wallabies needed extra time to overcome South Africa. A day later, France performed one of the greatest ever comebacks to oust New Zealand. A week later, the French couldn't repeat those levels. I don't think we can put it down to the extra day's rest because the Aussies had to go to extra time and had to put everything on the line as well against the Springboks. In 2003, host nation Australia defeated New Zealand. I'd say they needed to do more than what England had to do the day thereafter to defeat France. But the extra day didn't help. England won the final and also had the easier of the two semi-finals. In 2007, England edged France in the tougher of the two semi-finals. They also had an extra day's rest compared to South Africa, who overran Argentina. The Springboks won the following week anyway. In 2011, France beat Wales 9-8 compared to New Zealand's 20 points to six win over Australia. France had the tougher semi-final, but an extra day's rest. The All Blacks won that final. In 2015, the Kiwis triumphed 2018 over South Africa in the tougher of the two semi-finals. They did have the extra day to rest and duly defeated the Wallabies in the final. And then in 2019, England probably played their final in the semi-final to eliminate the All Blacks. South Africa had to give it everything to beat Wales by just three points the following day. Neither was an easy win, but England did have the extra day's rest and lost the final by 20 points. So by my estimation, the additional day's rest and or playing the easier semi-final, however you want to manage or measure that, makes very little difference. Let's take a look at the lineups now, starting with South Africa. The pack is exactly the same one that started against England. Bongi Mbonambi with Steven Kitsoff on his left side and Franz Malherbe on his right side. At Bongi's backside, we've got Irben and Sos. The back row will be Captain Fantastic, Peter Steff de Toy, and Dwayne Vermeulen. Faf de Klerk and Andre Pollard are back at halfback. Damien Dialende and Jesse Creel are the centres. Cheslin Colby and Kirtley Arendtse are on the wings, and Damien Willemse starts at fullback. Now check out the bench. Jock Nenaba has gone with a 7-1 split. Dion Ferry, Oxen Chair, Trevin Yakane, John Klein, Ergier Sneeman, Kwaka Smith, Jasper Visser, and Vili LaRue. Okay, confession time. I think the 7-1 split is extremely risky. We saw the 7-1 for the first time, funny enough, against New Zealand at Twickenham, but that was largely because of a last-minute injury. And it was a World Cup warm-up, don't forget, if indeed there ever is such a thing as a warm-up match between these two great rivals. 
We also saw it against Ireland in the pool stage, but in my opinion, that was something that was more gimmicky and nothing more than an experiment, or at least that's what I thought at the time. Clearly, I was wrong. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link, I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box, and there will be great benefits for members. Let's look at the All Blacks now. Ethan De Groot, Cody Taylor and Tyrell Lomax make up the front row. Brody Retallick and Scott Barrett are the second row. Shannon Frizzell, Captain Sam Kane, and Ardi Savia make up the back row. Aaron Smith and Richie Moanga are 9 and 10 respectively. Geordie Barrett and Rico Ioani are in the centres. Mark Talia and Will Jordan are on the wings with Bowden Barrett at 15. They've gone with a 5-3 split. Sami Sony Taukeao, Tamaiti Williams, Nipo Laulala, Sam Whitelock and Dalton Papalii are the five forwards with the three backs comprising of Finley Christie, Damian McKenzie and Anton Leonard Brown. Now some people will try to look for history, records and a few patterns. Here are some of those. South Africa have never lost a Rugby World Cup final. But neither has Sam Whitelock, a man who will be playing in his third such occasion. No one else has ever done that. The Springboks win the Rugby World Cup every 12 years, 1995, 2007, 2019. 2023 is outside of that pattern. But the All Blacks have never beaten the Springboks in a Rugby World Cup final. New Zealand have beaten South Africa more times than what the South Africans have beaten the New Zealanders. And at the World Cup, it's 3-2 in favour of the Kiwis. The last time the two teams met, the Springboks hammered the All Blacks 35-7. But New Zealand have won two of the last three meetings between the two teams. Similarly, the Box have won three of the last five. This will also be South Africa's 50th match at the Rugby World Cup. And if we can use that number, I can tell you that when South Africa and New Zealand played their 50th test match against each other, it was in 1998 in Wellington, where the Box won 13-3. So you decide what you want to accept. Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program. Toll free helpline 0800-006-008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. This is my take. I believe that in the scrums, the box have the edge. Our tight five is superior, in my opinion. And looking at our bench, I'm hopeful that we will have lots of scrums in this match. This is also where the match could be won or lost. As I record this, rain is forecast for Paris on Saturday, showers in the morning and light rain throughout the match. Scrum penalties are going to be a thing in any event. It's a World Cup final we could win the Webb Ellis Cup on scrum penalties. So keep an eye out for that facet, and of course for Oxen Chair when he comes on in the second half. What about the lineouts? Well, I personally rate the bot lineout as the best in the world. Having said that, there were some issues in the semi-final against England. And I want to single out Bongi Mbanambi here for a moment, because Bongi is a world-class player, but he really did struggle in that semi-final. Three times he threw skew, or you might say he threw to the wrong side, and he again threw to the wrong side when he was picked a further three times. 
And I'll say this, given what a magnificent rugby player Bongi Mbanambi is, there's absolutely no chance that he will be that mediocre again. In fact, I'm expecting a big, big match from Bongi, especially when you factor in what has been going on in this last week. Don't be surprised if we see Bongi Mbanambi play a man-of-the-match performance. What about the breakdown? I believe this is another crucial area where the match could well be won or lost. We have several world-class operators on either side. The All Blacks will want a high-speed affair here, no doubt. Speedy rucks and quick ball to their dangerous backline. That's what we need to stop at all costs. If New Zealand get off to a fast start like they did at the Mount Smart Stadium earlier this year in the Rugby Championship, this match could be over inside 20 minutes. Shannon Frizzell is the key here. He was the man who almost single-handedly dismantled the box in those opening 20 minutes in Auckland. He didn't play at Twickenham, but he will once again wear the number 6 jersey in this Rugby World Cup final. That said, I think we will be on high alert and slow them down considerably. That will be our key role at the breakdown. Certainly defensively, I believe. Watch out in the second half for Dion Fury and Quacha Smith. Backline? Well, I believe that the return of Faf de Klerk and Andre Pollard tells me that we are not taking any chances in this match. And the weather conditions have also been taken into account. Our backline will operate in typical fashion, I believe, and will all be determined by the forwards, hopefully securing go-forward ball. But don't expect to see Cheslin and Kurt Lee slaloming their way through the New Zealand backline. As for the All Blacks, well, you just know what their backline is going to do. Their very dangerous backline. Yes, they'll want to run at us, but keep an eye out as well for the likes of the Barrett brothers and Mwanga, and even their two wings, who may very well be peppering our wings and Damien Willemser with aerial balls. The All Blacks kick a lot more than what people think. Bottom line, it's going to be a battle royale, and hopefully one for the ages. Although the weather might have something to say about that. And as a result, it might not turn out to be a classic, but I do think it will be a nail-biter. Fun fact, South Africa have never conceded a try in a Rugby World Cup final. Now, I'm not naive enough to believe that that will always be the case. At some point, that will change, and it could very well be the case at the Stade de France on Saturday. Who are the key players? For South Africa, I'm picking Eben Etzebet. We've seen shades of brilliance at this World Cup from Eben, particularly against Ireland and France, in my view. And I think we're going to see something very special from the big man on Saturday. For the All Blacks, it's Shannon Frizzell. As mentioned earlier, he single-handedly dismantled us at the Mount Smart Stadium earlier this year. Now, the conditions won't be as dry as they were in Auckland, or at least we're not expecting them to be. But his speed, offloads, and work at the rucks cannot be underestimated. He is a dangerous player, especially against a not-yet-organized defense, which of course is what the All Blacks thrive on. Stop Frizzell, and we will win the Rugby World Cup for a record fourth time. And if we don't, our greatest foes will become the first team ever to win a Rugby World Cup four times. And that is the way I see it. What do you think? Let me know in the comments section who you believe will lift the Web Ellis Cup on Saturday. And I know that I haven't actually told you who I think is going to win, or I haven't given you a score either. But I think if you've watched this channel for longer than two minutes, then you know exactly who I think is going to win on Saturday. See you next time.